0: Welcome to the Shell Harbour Community Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. See that little computer there I see my uni assignments on those computers so makes me feel very old showing um, my age I'm a huge diehard back to the future fan, love sci-fi and um, I remember um, physics was one of the subjects that I did in um, high school for my HSC and um, we, I went up to. I was at Lake Illawarra High and had Mr. De Bruin there. And um, unfortunately, physics was my worst result in my exams. And it's probably because every time we wanted to bludge in physics, we used to get Mr. De Bruin talking about time travel, and we'd have him right to the end of the double period. So um, that was just um, something that we used to do. So anyway, bit of trivia for us tonight it has absolutely nothing to do with my message, but just thought that it should be celebrated. Awesome. So I'm going to be have the honour of sharing with you tonight about um, living a larger life and making the decision to be happy. And um, before we delve into that tonight, let's just pray. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here in this place. Lord, we thought, thank you that you have called us, Lord, to be enlarged, to be stretched, Lord God. Lord, you've called us to expand our thinking, Lord, to be able to see further than what we've ever seen before. Lord, and we pray tonight is that as we share your word together, Lord God, Lord, we thank you for your spirit that's in this place to bring revelation, power and strength to every single person in this place tonight. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Love his presence, love his spirit, love doing life together as a church. It's just so awesome to be able to come together and praise and worship God together and spend time in his word. It's just such an amazing thing. So living a larger life. Who knows that God wants us to live a blessed life? He wants us to live a life that is more abundant, that that he came to, to so that we might be able to live life to the full. But as we say tonight, what does it mean to choose to be happy? I imagine that if we went across this place tonight, that would mean something different to every person here. For some people, it might mean making a decision to stay positive instead of being negative. For others, it might be um, that, that it's, it's a feeling and an emotion and it's not something that, that would seem relevant. For others, it might be that you were forced to pretend to be happy When you were young and you resent the idea that you should have to choose to be happy and you should be able to be real how you are. We're all different, aren't we? And I think that as we delve into the Word of God tonight, we're going to see some truths. But it's just interesting, isn't it, as we look across the world and our culture today, right here in Australia, right here, right now, how is happiness portrayed to us? In our workplace, on the telly, on the internet, movies. How does the world see happiness? What does our culture tell us about happiness? And this is really important for us to understand because our worldview of a concept can filter and change the way that we perceive God. And so it's very important for us to challenge that idea tonight. What does our culture tell us about happiness? Well, I think that if we looked purely at the media and and some of the, the things that are out there in our culture today, that we can see that happiness can be seen as a bit of an illusion, it can be a bit elusive. You know, if we look at, at movies, you know, relationships are never like the movies portray. It doesn't matter how good they are. They're never like the movies, are they? So there's relationships, possessions. You know, we're bombarded by advertising all the time to buy this and you see this really awesome new house and it's bigger and better and everyone's smiling and happy and they've got the kids and the pool and the dog. Not there's anything wrong with the kids and the pool or the dog. I'd love to have a pool myself. But... There's just this image that's portrayed through the media that's trying to sell us this idea that if I have this and if I do this and if I achieve that, then I'll be happy. But all we have to do is look out the window and we can see what sort of a state our culture is. In fact, if we look at statistics today, we can see that in Australia, anxiety and depression are on the rise. Now, we're in one of the most wealthiest nations in the world and yet we're one of the most depressed nations in the world. So the media is telling us, you know, if you lose weight, if you get rich, if you fulfill every lust that you want, if you eat whatever you want, if you buy this, buy that, in some cases the media will portray, if you get revenge, you'll be happy. And we really see that all of those things, we're being sold a lie. Then there's the other idea that we've got, is that when I finish school, I'll be happy. When I finish my degree, I'll be happy. When I get the job that I want, I'll be happy. When I have the man of my dreams, I'll be happy. When I have kids, I'll be happy. When my kids leave home, I'll be happy. When I don't have to work anymore, I'll be happy. When I get to retire, I'll be happy. And I look at that list and I'm thinking the only people in that list who are happy are babies and toddlers. Now babies cry all the time and toddlers throw tantrums. So we have a look at this, this cycle of life, you know, if we buy what we're being told out there in our culture, we're going to become very disillusioned very quickly. We're not going to live a happy life, and we can see that result in the world that we live in. Another lie out there is that if you do what you want, when you want, you will have freedom. But as we see that as we exchange the truth, which is God's truth, for that lie, then we end up living a dissatisfied, addicted, resentful life We're not really living at all, we're just living this virtual life, and we end up in this place that's not real and not fulfilling. The thing that blows me away, every time I have, I haven't been on a missions trip myself, but every time I've spoken to people that have been to third world nations, one of the common things that they come back and say is they were so happy. The people there were so happy. My best friend went a few years ago to South Africa and she said, Suzanne, they were living in cardboard boxes by the road. And Jodie was there in a soup kitchen giving out food and she said, Suzanne, they were the happiest people. Our missions trip that just went went, went to Vanuatu came back saying the same thing. They are some of the most happiest people we've ever met. We went to Fiji recently for a holiday and on the way back to the airport we were talking with Um, The driver who was this third generation Nandian and he was so cool and exuberant and and he blatantly said you know because they have lots of people from Australia coming there to holiday and he was commenting on how anxious Australians are and he said in Fiji we have nothing, no money, no possessions, no worries and I thought (laughs) that pretty much sums it up so we can see that this culture, this wealthy culture isn't going to bring us happiness. So, what does bring us happiness? So let's really delve into the word of God because you know happiness is an idea that is in the Bible. It's not to be confused with joy. Joy and rejoicing is, is something that comes from the Holy Spirit from within us. It's something we choose to do, we choose to rejoice, and we choose to have joy. Happiness is a little bit different, so it's interesting as we delve in to understand what it means. First place we're going to look is James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed, which means happy, spiritually prosperous, and favoured by God, is the man who is steadfast, under trial, and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What is it that brings true happiness? The Bible says when we endure, when we go through trials. Hmm, it's kind of the opposite to what we're kind of sold in our culture in Australia today. The definition in our dictionary today, according to the world of Oxford, is that happiness is, being happy is feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. Now, the Hebrew word for happy in the Old Testament is Esher which means blessed look at the new testament the greek word for happy is makiros which also means blessed so we see that the biblical definition for being happy is to be blessed ah now we are starting to unpack it start to understand a bit that so when we're choosing to be happy in god's sight according to his word we're choosing to be blessed we're choosing to live a blessed life let's go a little bit deeper tonight God's idea of happiness is achieved by sacrifice in the short term for eternal gain. That's the principle right throughout his word we can see. Nothing comes without a cost that's worthwhile in life. I'm going to read from Psalm 146 tonight from the Psalms. And this Psalm is called, The Happiness of Those Whose Help Is in the Lord. You can turn there tonight because we're going to read the whole psalm. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord on my soul. While I live I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to the earth In that very day, his plans perish. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers and relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. You see, when we choose to praise Him, we get a revelation of who God is. He created the heavens and the earth. Our God is good. He wants to rescue the oppressed. He wants to feed the hungry. He wants to set the prisoners free out of the prison house. Our God is a God of justice. And when we praise Him, we will find happiness. We will be blessed. His idea of happiness is found when we have hope because we have his help. We trust in God instead of people. I remember moaning and groaning to God one night because I'd been betrayed by someone who I considered one of my closest friends and I was having a very big bellyache about the whole thing to God, as I do. Well, I figure he knows how I feel. I may as well talk to him about it anyway. Anyway. And he gave me the revelation that Jesus, about Jesus in John 3, I think it is, that people started to put their trust in Jesus. But Jesus didn't trust in people because he knew what was in their hearts. So I'm thinking, okay, God, you didn't trust people. So what am I moaning and groaning about? I need to put my trust in God and get my faith, my strength, my help from him. And then we're able to give to others out of the overflow of the goodness of God. Because that's what he wants. He wants us to draw our hope from him, our help from him. We become disillusioned by anything in this world. Everything is temporary. Even our relationships, you know, they might last for years, but they're still temporary on this earth. But our God is eternal, and in Him we have hope. In Him we have peace. In Him we can place our trust. And as we do that, we come to this place within our heart of being happy. And it's got nothing to do with our circumstances, and it's got nothing to do with our emotions. It's a state of being that we develop on the inside out of our trust and hope in our God through faith. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that God will console those who mourn to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, when we choose to put on praise, heaviness has to go. And when we're battling depression, when we're battling despair, when we're battling discouragement, when we're battling anxiety, and all those things that come onto us, it's heavy. It weighs us down. Technology bombards us from every side, and our mind is just so occupied with all of these decisions and information all the time. But as we start to praise him, the God of heaven and earth, the God who created us, since before the world was even here, He designed every single person that's sitting here tonight. He predestined you with a purpose. And when we step back from our circumstance, we step back from our situation, we step back from our emotions and we start to praise the Lord our God. Happy we are. We come into this place where we are filled with praise. And as we praise, our circumstances begin to change. I know that firsthand, our little daughter was born with a disability and there were many difficult years, especially when she was first born and the first four or five years of her life. I remember some days just lying on my kitchen floor. I'd put the kids in front of the telly and I just felt like I couldn't live another day. I was so filled with with pain in my heart. And I got the revelation one day that instead of crying out to God, to change the situation, I stood up and I started to praise him. And I started to speak life. I started to speak faith. And there is something that changes on the inside of us when we choose to do that, when we choose to praise our creator, our healer. We start to confess the goodness over our lives. Tonight, it might be your finances. It might be your family. It might be your relationship. And you might be crying out to God, knocking on the door, asking for an answer. But he says, start to praise me. Start to step back from that answer and start to look to the answer. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior and who delivers us from everything that we walk through. You see, he hasn't promised us that life will be easy, but he has promised us that we will have victory. He has promised us that we will get to the other side. He hasn't promised us that trouble won't come. He's promised us that he will be with us in trouble and he will deliver us from trouble. You know, I love the Proverbs and I love the wisdom that they bring and there's a lot of reference to happiness in the book of Proverbs. We're going to be sharing a few of those scriptures. If you've got your Bibles tonight, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to 18 very well-known passage of Scripture, but I just know that Holy Spirit's going to give some new revelation to us tonight as we read it together. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favour and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. We just stop there for a minute and just have a look and contrast that with our culture and our society and what We're being taught in our schools and universities today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, Tony Dean in first year of uni told me that if you believed in God, you were stupid and uneducated. Lean not on your own understanding. Well, what are we told in school and uni? We're told to question everything and don't believe anything unless you can prove that it's right. Do not be wise in your own eyes. We're taught to to achieve and to become better than everybody else and have this really selfish focus. These are all the things that we're being constantly bombarded with, whether it's direct through someone saying something really direct like what I had, or sometimes it's so indirect and so subtle. You know, sometimes it can be through the dramas that we're watching on TV, and it's just chipping away on our belief system. It's chipping away on how we see life, and it is eroding the fear of the Lord, little barbs made against God and against Christians on the news or on programs. It's worn down the fear of God in our culture. Let's have the guts to be the opposite. Let's have the guts to be able to stand up for what we believe in. Let's know that we serve the God of the universe and that we will not be deceived by the enemy's plans to steal a generation but we will have his wisdom and we will seek that above all else verse 11 says my son do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest his correction for whom the Lord loves he corrects just as a father the son in whom he delights another contrast with our society isn't it we're taught that correction is bad But correction is so important. I know if we raised our kids without ever correcting them, we would be doing them an injustice because we would not be teaching them how to survive in the world and how to do what's right. Here it is again, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days are in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy, happy are all who retain her. Wisdom is different to education. Wisdom is different to intelligence. Wisdom is insight and having an understanding of how to apply our our thinking to be able to do what the Lord wants us to do. It gives us a window and a, a, a vision into things that other people can't see. It is an incredible, amazing attribute of God for us to go after. Proverbs 14 verse 21 says he who despises his neighbour sins but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. There it is again, Proverbs 16 20. He who heeds the words wisely will find good and whoever trusts in the Lord happy is he. Proverbs 28 verse 14 says happy is the man who is always reverent but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. We see that in our world today, or the calamity that's before us. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, "Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is He who keeps the law." Then we get into the words of Jesus. Luke 11:28. Jesus said, "Blessed, happy and favored by God are those who hear the word of God and continually observe it, being obedient having the Word of God, living in it every day. John 20 verse 29 says, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you do, do you now believe? But blessed, happy, spiritually secure and favoured by God are those who did not see me and yet believed in me. Romans 4 verse 7 and 8 says, Blessed and happy and favoured are those... Whose lawless acts have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered up and completely buried. Blessed and happy and favored is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account nor charge against him. We have forgiveness, and as we have forgiveness, we find true happiness. We find that true blessed life. You see, the word blessed isn't referring to an emotion. The biblical meaning of being happy is in having our spirit prosper. That means the most inner person right on the inside of us is prospering, is healthy. And when our spirit's healthy, our mind, our heart, our soul, our body is healthy. How do we find happiness? We can't have it without the fear of God without acknowledging our creator. It's impossible to have true spiritual happiness without that. We're happy when we receive correction because we can develop into a greater and greater person if we're teachable. We're happy if we find wisdom. We're happy when we trust in God. We're happy when we find his mercy. We're happy when we walk in his salvation. We're happy when we respond and obey the word of God. We're happy when we believe in Jesus Christ and when our sins are forgiven. In that place, we find spiritual wholeness. And just as we conclude tonight, I'd love to invite the musicians to come. You see, there's a reason why the world is plummeting away from happiness. And it's simply this. The world is turned away from the Lord. True happiness can only be found in Jesus. And it is the complete opposite of what the world offers. You see, the world offers short-term gain and gives long-term pain. But what Jesus offers is that if we have short-term pain... We will have long-term gain, not only in this earth, but in the life to come. That as we lay down our life, as we give up our desires for him, as we put everything else aside and say, I'm going to live for you and not for myself. That is the road to true peace, to true satisfaction. It is not an easy road, having to die to self every single day and live for Christ. But it is the most fulfilling, the most blessed life, Ever, that we could ever possibly imagine you see the world's idea of happiness is so temporary that's why when people delve into things like alcohol or pornography or drugs or you know a, a, a chain of relationships there's no true happiness in that It's this momentary fleeting experience and it's the reason why people keep going back for more and more and more and more and more because it never satisfies. But there is one who satisfies and he satisfies for a whole life and a whole eternity and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And everyone's in a different place in this place tonight. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is here and he's working. He's working in people's hearts. He's working in people's minds. The good news is tonight in John 3, 16 to 20, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You see, we have a choice. We have a choice with what we focus on. We can focus on the fact or we can focus on the truth. I've just got some examples of that tonight just as I'm summing up. The fact might be that I'm weak, but the truth is that his strength is made perfect in weakness. The truth might be that I'm tired, but the, sorry, the fact might be that I'm tired, but the truth is that when I wait on the Lord, I renew my strength. The fact is that our little girl was born with a disability, but the truth is that Jesus is our healer. The fact is that the world is in a mess, but the truth is that Jesus is the saviour of the world. And as we start to come into agreement with truth, we start to confess life, and that's when we walk in the authority and the power that Jesus intended for the saints here on the earth, right here and right now. We don't have to be bogged down in all the negativity and all the 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 things that are bombarding us every day. We can make a stand on the inside. Say, I am going to choose to be different. I am going to choose to trust in the living God. I am going to choose to believe that He is good, and I am going to show mercy to the poor. I'm going to storm the gates of hell and I'm going to see the oppressed set free. I'm going to see those who are suffer have hope in the name of Jesus. There is always hope in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how bleak and how dark it is and how the enemy and the kingdom of evil and darkness seems to scream so much louder on this earth. The truth is that we are called to be children of light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom we shine as lights in the world. That's us. That's us. Greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. He can only dampen us when he can deceive us. When we know who we are, we will walk in the power and the authority that Jesus has already achieved by the death that he has laid down in the life of his that was risen again. The resurrection power in life is there for every single one of us. Let's close our eyes and pray. Thank you for that spirit of revelation, Lord. Your word is truth, your word is light. Right across this place tonight, just sees revelation, his light his light is shining his light is shining and for some there has been darkness that has been bombarding you in your mind and it's just been a constant battle in your head and it's felt like you're winning you're not winning the war and it's overcoming you the Lord says tonight you're going to get breakthrough in your thoughts in Jesus name see that light just there it is that light just shining in God is so much greater All we have to do is believe and trust and call on the name of Jesus for help. We thank you, Lord. We don't have to live this Christian life out of our own human ideas and strength, Lord. But we are called to live this Christian life by calling on the name of Jesus. Calling on the name of Jesus. Everybody who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. You're the saviour of the world, Lord Jesus. You're the saviour of the world. And tonight we humble ourselves before you. Acknowledge your greatness. Restore within us a fear of you, a reverence for you, Lord, where we might have lost it. Restore that trust and faith in you where we might have started to look at the facts rather than your truth there it is tonight, there's the hope, there's the hope, there's the hope in the name of Jesus. You might be in this place tonight and maybe you've never made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never decided to give up everything to follow Him. And the thought might be a daunting thought when you look at your life and and it does require a leap of faith. But there's something within, on the inside of you tonight that just knows that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And that no one comes to our Holy Father but by Him. So tonight I'm going to give you an opportunity if that's you and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour tonight. You can raise your hand in this place tonight if that's you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is power in the name of Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put that down tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Are there others tonight in this place? Others that are ready to respond to the name of Jesus, ready to lay down. Thank you. I see that hand tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every life is so precious. Are there others tonight, others tonight in this place that want to respond to his call, to that inner voice that you've got on the inside? Say, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to obey. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Just while every eye is closed and every head is bowed in this place, We're going to say a prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess where I've been disobedient to you, but I thank you for what your son did for me on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I choose to live for you instead of for myself. Be my saviour. Be my Lord. I renounce evil. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to take over my heart. From this day forward, I make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You know there's rejoicing in heaven tonight. The Lord says that every sinner that turns and turns to him, there is rejoicing. There's a party going on in heaven tonight. For those who have made that decision and prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd love to speak with you after the service and just to pray with you and encourage you. And um, anyone else who would like prayer, feel free to come down the front. We'd love to pray for you as a team. And um, just as we do that, we're just going to have the worship team sing one last song.